It's Little League World Series time, and studs from around the world have gathered in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, for one of the most unique events in all of youth sports. Today, we're going to dive into not just the Little League World Series, but other unique opportunities to take advantage of a gap in the market. Welcome to episode 18 of Tournament Talk, here with Sean Sinclair as normal. Uh, don't forget to hit him up on the yeah, internet. Sound just normal. Well, not extraordinary or anything there. Well, I, you, you know what? You know, I always say under under promise over deliver. So okay, okay. yeah. We'll now, now now you just have to over deliver, <laughs> right? So I've I completely built a floor for you. Now you just got to work from there. But yeah, we're we're diving in, Sean. Uh, Sport ask Sean on the internet. I'm Tony Boss Tyler Childs over here, and today we're diving into a really cool topic uh, with the little little league World Series kind of ongoing. We're just going to chat about. What makes that event special um, and in the longevity of its success and how you can deliver a really awesome event and generate revenue Mm -hmm. from something that isn't a 500 team tournament, which is what everybody thinks they have to do. So we're going to dive a little bit into that. But, you know, obviously baseball season starting to wrap up. The trade deadline's passed. Uh, You know, our our season in our men's league is starting to, you know, ramp down a touch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The injuries are starting to be more <laughs> frequent. <laughs> and, and you know, ultimately, it's it's ramping into the fall sports season where we start to see the court sports come back. Uh, and, and really excited just for that transition. Shoulder seasons for us are always crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. we're, we're running around all the time um, trying to keep up with, with what's happening as we transition from season to season. So, um, you know, it's really interesting. What's, what are you most excited about for – for the next couple of weeks and, and, you know, kind of dive into maybe anything that you want to touch on from the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I think it's just, like you said, it's really interesting to, to, to work on things that are so far in advance that, you know, really take some planning and, and some time to, to work through for teams. And I think, it, you know, they start to really appreciate when we can spend a little bit more time and make sure that everything's taken care of. You know, we just had a team, you know, talking about, something being way, way in advance, and it was only like three months out. Right. Right. Like, that's not really way, way in advance. <laughs> but for him, if we take care of that now, which is just par for the course, uh, we're going to, you know, look great. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's half the battle is really just finding, you know, that, that niche for them, right, and mm-hmm. try to categorize it. And I mean, that's really one of the things that I think gets lost in what we do here is that, you know, our logistical, you know, positioning is, is different for every client. Yes. Right. Yes. Some clients, to your point, need it three months in advance and others need it two years. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, you know, we've seen everything. Re- mm-hmm. Literally nothing surprises us in that regard. Um, Even, hey, we need rooms tomorrow. Yeah. yeah today. Look, <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> we're on the road. Can you help us? Yeah. Dude. <laughs> we need 100 rooms and we're going to a NASCAR event. Pardon? Yeah. yeah no. Anyway, um, you know, diving in, that's we're used to kind of working on on that. But. You know, you look at that's these unique events that we see in, in our world, mm-hmm. and we, we, we alluded to the one we're going to touch on first here on the onset, which is the Little League World Series, one of the premium grassroots events on the whole planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They've done an unbelievable job of branding their, their organization in a whole around this event. And, you know, we kind of joke about it before we jumped on, 16 teams. Yeah, that's it. Right, yeah. and this thing is a monster, mm-hmm. and, and the reality is the tournament is much bigger than sixteen sure, teams. Sure, sure, it's been ongoing for a while. Yeah, but yeah. they've mitigated a lot of the difficulties uh, throughout 
that expansion by by regionalizing all of their their experience and mm-hmm. you know unlike a lot of the other systems that run a world series because let's you know be serious there's a hundred different world series out there well almost everyone we work with is going to the world series of yeah. something yeah yeah, something. yeah. yeah. it's the They're world the series world. of you know third tier teams out of the northwest that only play in games that aren't you know, exposed to 60% more humidity. <laughs> yeah. Pardon? It's what? Right? Like, it's it's like all those new stats you it's see in sports. Your niche. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, I guess we're going to drill it down that far. But, you know, it's kind of funny to sit here and laugh at it uh, because it is a lot of work to build these events. And, mm-hmm. you know, in all seriousness, like, it is, it is to your point, trying to find that niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the one thing I would just really like to see is stop calling it a World Series. It's it's just not unique in that. So if niche is your target, you've already lost if you start yeah. by calling it that. Yeah, yeah, I think it definitely dilutes it a little bit, right? You know, we're talking about Little League World Series, and everyone knows what that is, and that's what all these teams are playing for year after year, and organizations trying to come back. But you know, when if it's just uh, you know some random company's World Series, yeah, I don't think it's uh, it doesn't hold that same meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and it's really just one of those things that. Um, everyone's trying to make their way in the world and try to find their space. And mm-hmm. you're always going to have copycat business for ha- sure, happens for in sure. every vertical and every business anywhere on the planet. But, you know, at the end of the day, you'd really like to see somebody, especially in kind of an alpha dog kind of world, uh, whether it's male or female, like it's, it's always an alpha, you know, mm-hmm. kind of taking charge, um, in these things and, or there's a non-alpha that has an alpha leading the charge, yeah, yeah. right? Like there's a lot of those things that, that are very, but um, ultimately, it's a doggy dog industry, and as a result, um, you know it's kind of one of those things where you would expect somebody to kind of step out a little bit, mm-hmm. being that kind of presence that you can be in that that kind of personality. Um, and, and sometimes they just follow suit, and it's the most confusing thing. Yeah. yeah. But you know, diving into the Little League World Series, we're talking about the OG, the mm-hmm. the original mm-hmm. gangster in terms of little of World Series. Right, like this. This has been around for many, many, many. Nineteen forty-seven. Wikipedia is telling me that's the first champion. Yeah, and that's a hometown Williamsport. Yeah, yeah, that seems right. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, (laughs) well, that's smart, right? Yeah, Yeah. you got to bring your A team when you host it the first time. Exactly, right? (laughs) So, uh, you know what? It's it's just been something that has been so unique for so many years, Mm -hmm. Um, and and it really is at the pinnacle. It's one of those things that you know. I, I will say this. I'm a little tired of watching Major League Baseball and hearing guys play against each other, beat teammates in their Little League World Series. Like, yeah, yeah. it's just, I get it. They were good, right? You know, they probably got paid to go play on that team for a couple yeah, weeks, yeah, yeah. right? And then went to the World Series. So, I mean, let's, you know, let's not make a big deal out of that they were teammates for three weeks, right? Yeah. Like, um, but at the end of the day, it's it's a really cool event because they spend an entire season drilling down and competing running through regional events to get to that World Series. For sure, yeah. And I think it's really cool, you know, as you play in different regions and have to keep qualifying, I think that's probably one of the things that's very attractive to those teams and to the kids is that they get to travel to different, you know, areas and play, right? And anyone can do that as a tournament, but you're earning that, you know, that right to go play. Absolutely. And I mean, think of the team bonding, right? Like, we talk about that all the time on the hotel side, right? We, We talk to teams that are like, oh, we just booked wherever we wanted. Well, what are you doing for your team by allowing 10 families to stay at 10 different hotels? Yeah. Right? Like how are you making your team stronger? And you can see that on, on the live versions of these games, you see how tight-knit these kids are. Mm-hmm. And I got to imagine there's some sort of 
you know, coaching ahead of the event of how to, how to act. And I think, you know, whether it be the organization, cause I don't know the details of that, or whether it be the actual coaches just saying, all right, guys, this is how I want you guys to present yourself, represent, don't worry about it. And then kind of, they get out there and they're awesome. Like watch a kid yesterday, give up a huge bomb and his second baseman high five the guy yeah. just running around the bases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is really cool. I think there's a clip. This was maybe three, four years ago where, again, again another kid hits a bomb and pitcher turns back and just has the biggest, like, open mouth, like, wide eye, just like, wow. Yeah, it would. It was... sent that. <laughs> <laughs> right? And that's cool, right? Because I would probably do the same thing. Well, I mean, at some point, and this is the thing that I always – love about competition we've talked about you know competitive nature that i generally have um you're competing against the best mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and at that age if you can recognize that like that kid like yeah. mad respect you just went yard right yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's awesome mm-hmm. i dig that and and that's what i like about competition is that i want to be the best at everything regardless of whether i'm remotely close yeah, or not yeah. <laughs> like that's the agenda right yeah. and and i think this is a really good education for some of these kids because we talked about it but with parents in terms of overvaluing their kids' ability. Mm-hmm. Like these scale and caliber of events really highlight who's the best, how far away you are from being the best, yeah. and then what the realistic nature of, of your future in any given sport would look like, right? So I think it's a great event, and I don't think that's the takeaway from that event by any means. No. no. Um, it's about so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and I think you know why it's going to have success, or why it continues to have success, is some of those things, and you know why um, when you see those high fives and the you know hugs and people consoling you know opponents after they win and <laughs> things like that, is that those are feel good moments, yep. right? And I'm sure they're you know hyped up on ESPN and oh, they're all over socials, and that's you know they're trying to get those moments. Yeah. But those are what parents want to share, and that's what as a parent, do I want to see my kid play on that team? Or was it recently in Denver where there was a fight that broke out uh, between all the parents at this game? And right, I mean, that had nothing to do with the, the kids. Yeah. But I'm probably not going to look at that organization. Yeah, right? exactly. Right, but, and that's it. And I and I think we're we're in an era of our industry where you've seen so much large scale growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and and we see this in some other industries too that have big box kind of industry written all over them. As you're starting to see small business have impact from the bottom of the market again because people are looking for that personal touch again which is awesome and to little league's credit like as an organization that has grown over a 70 year stretch they've stayed true to that you know kind of small box business model Mm -hmm. um and that's i think where one of their big components of success are And, and i think every big business tries to to maintain that that touchy feely small business, hands-on experience, it's just very difficult to do at scale. For sure. Right? For sure. So to Little League's credit, they've done a very nice job doing that. And I think it's a good model for a lot of other businesses to take a step back and say, okay, wow, this was a good you know, you know, know, case study for us to evaluate how they, they do some of these things. And the reality is like, they're never, ever going to be replicating the TV exposure that the Little League World Series gets. No, no, I mean, no you can't. The branding's just yeah. too good, mm-hmm. right? And they've, they've done a really good job of building that market over a long period. And, and is there enough time for somebody to replace it? Maybe, but are they ever going to? Probably not. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see with, I guess, TV and changing landscapes. Is, is someone going to step in and maybe there will be more of a, 
streaming and an online thing that takes over, right? Everyone, you know, everyone talks about kids these days watching, you know, YouTube and streams way more than TV. Mm-hmm. You know, is there someone who's going to emerge on that and take over? Who knows? I, I think there absolutely is. I, I just, I don't know that they're ever going to be able to, to replace um, the international reach sure, that sure. that yeah. organization has. And that that's really the, the, the advantage that they have because mm-hmm. The other big businesses that could do what you're talking about will take many, many years to build the roots around the world that that Little yeah. League has, right? Perfect. So, um, you know, it, it, is it possible? 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what the just the cool thing about, you know, the our industry is that someone can try. Yeah. And time will tell. That's right. Yeah. And it, and it really is building on success mm-hmm. um, and really staying true to the customer and then that's what I'm excited about our space because I, I see that a little bit happening. Starting to see people recognize, okay, here's here's where we're a little too greedy, or here's where you know this service breaks because you know we're trying to do something at scale or too much or whatever, right? And those are the things that really kind of impact things um, and, in a very unique way. And I think it's one of those things that sometimes organizations either learn too late or are too focused on the revenue to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw a really cool video a couple nights ago um, with a, an organization out of the Midwest that was doing a parent dance-off. Okay. As like a, all right, all right. And, and, it, and what my takeaway was, it was not the only event they did with the parents, but they really invested into um, the parent experience. Okay. Which I think is a thing that, you know, ultimately the Little League does quite well as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's – it's. Like you said, it's just these things that parents want to feel good about and be able to share and feel like they're part of something more than just a, a team that's focused on, you know, just winning at all costs. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, it's about that full event experience. We mm-hmm. talked about it mm-hmm. in the past about including parents in the experience. So it's nice to see. It's one of the first examples I've seen of of the media attention being driven towards the parents. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Instead of, hey, here's a kid doing something, here's a kid doing something, here's a kid doing something, which is great. It's great, right? yeah, absolutely. But, you know, are these kids really jumping on social media to check out yeah. whether they're getting tagged? Yeah, yeah. Can you tag them? No, <laughs> right? So, I mean, really, like, it was a really great twist on things. I liked the, where they're going. Could they improve on the production value? 100%. Yeah, but, sure. you know, it's a, it's heading in the right direction, which mm-hmm. is, is nice. So, I think that's, you know, the reason I brought it up is I think it's a really good thing that the Little League World Series does is they really highlight the team, the coach, the parents, and how the relationships all kind of come together. And it's a really nice storytelling experience. And I think we're in an era where storytelling is talked about so much mm-hmm. in terms of marketing and branding. It, Little League was a decade ahead of this. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like they've been doing this forever. Mm-hmm. They recognized this a long time ago. And, you know, those are things that, you know, we talk about uh, sometimes our industry being behind. Here's an example of somebody that was way ahead of the curve. Definitely. And maybe yeah. to the point that nobody noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of kept happening and no one knew why, you know, they had success and they just figured it out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's it. It's really cool to see. And you know, the kids love it too. Right. I mean, you get all these fun characters coming out from uh, all the different tournaments. Like last year, was it last year? Big, Big Al? Al? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guy's a national hero. <laughs> I know, right. Like, I mean, that's so great. And that's, you know, great for him and his family and his team. And, you know, there's going to be some excitement around, you know, 
that community. I just can't wait for that guy to get into the workforce and like first thing on his resume, hi, I'm Big Al, I hit dingers. (laughs) Just awesome. Hired. Yeah, just the subheading, right? Instead of like dot PhD, dot MA, dot whatever, it's just I hit diggers. <laughs> it's awesome. Love it. So, you know, it really is. And I think, it, you know, you touched on it earlier, the travel, you know, component, getting to see different areas of the country is, is always a beautiful thing mm-hmm. in our industry. But one of the things that I think, you know, it really, we, we touched on a little bit, but the, the team camaraderie is, is one of those things that this event does better than most. Other events try and do it and they do, you know, an admirable job. But I think this is the pinnacle of, that team culture experience because whether it's the coaches teaching them to, to act like that, it's the parents or it's media attention or literally does training ahead. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to find out. So if anyone has any ideas, please hit me up on Twitter at tourney boss. I'd love to hear if you have some insight on that one, but you know, at the end of the day, that camaraderie is is not just on the field. Like these these kids are going to be friends for life. Oh yeah, for sure. Based for on sure. that experience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And hopefully, it's not like high school football glory days type conversation. Yeah. But like you know, it, it ultimately, it's it's a bond, and that's what is really unique and cool about our industry. Yeah, and it's it's. I think it doesn't have to focus on the winning, right? Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things is you know. Sure, I'm sure we both remember some of the tournaments or games that we won, but large part, I don't remember how we did. Right? I remember I was on better teams, worse teams, but single games, like nobody really cares at no. the end of the day. But you know, some of the guys we played with growing up, those are you know some of the best memories. Are staying in the hotels and causing a little bit of trouble. That's right. Not yeah. a lot though. Okay, yeah. Mama, I didn't cause a lot of trouble. But uh, <laughs> you just stirred the pot. <laughs> yeah, it was that guy. It was someone else. It was definitely <laughs> someone else. I was just getting some ice, right? Uh, but no, I mean those types of things that you're, you're going to make friends and you know be you know friends for life or for for a long time and kind of create memories and you know then those relationships and they carry on. You know, you go to school together or you circle back later and someone you know, gets a job because of that. Like Absolutely. That's a really cool thing. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I mean, I think it kind of summarizes what the event is about as a whole. And, and I think every event, regardless of whether you're the highest to high, you know, showcase profiles or, or whether you're just a grassroots local community event, there's something you can learn from the Little League World Series. Yeah. Um, is there opportunities to improve on what they're doing? Absolutely. There always is. Right? Do they need to? No, I don't think so. I think they're so established that if they continue down that storytelling path and they continue to get talent, that's the only thing that I think can break their model is if they start losing talent out from the bottom mm-hmm. to other yes. organizations. Yes. Right. So, you know, luckily they're they focus on that younger demographic. So the reality is they don't really break out of that mold until past that age group. So yeah. you know, th- it works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're gonna see those standouts afterwards for sure. Yeah. Maybe some of them in that, who knows, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, the reality is too, like taking the next step into our space, uh, we've, we've already said you should learn something from this event. You mm-hmm. absolutely can. Um, but moving past that and, and trying to take that and now apply it elsewhere, right? So you're, you're given the task of saying, start an event. What's the one thing you're taking from the Little League World Series that allows you to improve your model on day one? Telling stories, for sure, that's for me, right? Finding, and it doesn't even have to be the teams or the players, like tell a story, any story, and get people to follow along. You know, and this could be a story of you creating the event, 
right? I think, you know, we probably talked about this a little bit before. It's just, you know, you can have a story and just have your board meetings, right? And film it, right? You know, edit it out for, for certain things, right? But like, let people in on how you're building your event and what direction you want to go. Or, you know, if it's a, a charity event, like, make a, a story and follow along that charity, find some, you know, kids or animals or whatever you're trying to support and, you know, showcase that a little bit. It doesn't even have to be about the actual sport or the teams involved or you know, past winners. Just, you know, create something that's fun to follow and, you know, people are going to be naturally drawn to it. Yeah, right? I, and I totally agree. I mean, my, my uh, kind of answer to the same question is very similar to yours, uh, but it's a different profile of, of that experience. So the storytelling is one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, when you take it to the scale that a lot of other tournament directors are chasing, I think it comes down to giving the right levels of attention to your consumer, right? And so I think the Little League does it at a, as a TV coverage component, which is attention to relationships. And I think, you know, tournament directors out there can take that same experience and apply it to their experience at, um, or sorry, not their experience, the team's experience dealing with that event. Mm-hmm. Right. So whether it be how they're contacted first or whether how, how they are welcomed when they arrive, what their first experience is on, like for their very first game, all of those things, a little attention to that singular detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the things that I think when you get to a 16 team nationally televised, huge exposure opportunity event, you're going to have more people, more touch points, more volunteers. There's certain things you can do, but if you can replicate that feeling mm-hmm. yeah. for those teams at your grassroots or national scale event, that's how you win. For right. Sure. Like, and that's, that's for me, the thing that I think the guys that are out there and, and girls working their tail off and maybe just scraping by in some scenarios, mm-hmm. that's how you get to that next level. Yeah. Right. And I think it's, it's so hard to do when you're trying to make a living off of this industry. Mm-hmm. And I think the reality is sometimes you have to do it at a small scale and do it properly before you can expand it and do it at a big scale. And I think everyone always rushes to that big scale model. And we always talk about timelines of, of when you should be trying to get to profit versus building the right foundation. So my takeaway is just pay attention to that detail on an individual basis and drill it down as far as you can manage with your team. Mm-hmm. Don't overextend yourself, but just find that right level of customer service that separates yourself from everyone else. That's my big takeaway there. I like it. So uh, once you've kind of, you know, drilled that down, like I think, you know, we talked about unique events before. We talked about, you know, single elimination, double elimination, you know, ladder events, different formats. That's the other thing that, that I think, you know, everyone's tried to replicate this Little League World Series model in terms of here's your season, you're going to play the regional events, you're going to go to it, and a lot of it ends up being, Here's your season tournaments that you have to play in to collect points. And once you collect points, you qualify and qualify, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're at a World Series. Cool. I mean, that's whatever. It's it, every single person that participates in those events understands how that works. It's yeah, a money yeah. grab. It's a yeah. build. It's it's a it's a structure that feeds money to the top. Yeah, for sure. Which it's a business model. It's like every other business model anywhere. Mm-hmm. But who's challenged that model? Mm-hmm. Right. I I don't know that a lot of people are out there trying to, you know, create something different, right? And, and, and I'll say this, like, it's not an easy thing to say or to no. just change. Like, it, it takes a real, some real oversight to come up with a different or better solution. But why not? 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you're if you're tournament director out there and you're not thinking like that, you're already behind the eight ball because you're just you're in parallel with everyone else you're competing against immediately. Mm-hmm. Where's yeah. your competitive advantage? Yeah. Yeah. So well, I mean I will say it's it's a little bit tough, right? If you look at, you know, we talked about a little league and I'm Again, I'm not going to say it's 100% certain when it started, but 1947 was the first one. 100%. So now this is an organization and it's going to carry on beyond, you know, those directors in each board and through generations, right? So I understand a tournament director who's like, I need to, you know, make money kind of now-ish to, you know, put food on the table and that type of thing. So I will say that I understand someone who's just trying to, you know, hey, this works, this makes money. Right. So I'm going to do it that way rather than being like, hey, I am going to think 15 years down the road and build it this way. Right. right? Doesn't mean that's right. Yep. Right. I think you should still try and innovate. Right. But, you know, I, for everyone listening who's like, oh, but I need to do this. this I get it. Well, here, here's the most common thing that, that I see around that conversation mm-hmm. you just outlined is that everyone is so focused on the first couple of years and making more profit all the time right we talk we listen both of us are guys that listen to gary v quite frequently on the marketing side and he talks about it all the time you should be reinvesting 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 mm-hmm. yeah. and if you got to work for free you should do it we're not saying you got to work for free because that and a lot of people to your point is, is not realistic yeah um but at the same time the message is, is is true right you should be looking at it as okay i'm building this thing by reinvesting either my time or my money in order to have something greater further down the road. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. so where I'm going with that is, is I think ultimately what ends up happening is people try to hold everything so close to the vest that they are unwilling to rely on other people mm-hmm. to help their business grow. And that ultimately costs them because they can't do it all and they can't do it all well. So you either have to pay somebody or you have to hire somebody as a third party to do whatever service it is you need support on, mm-hmm. yeah. right? You yeah. can't have it both ways. You can't, unless you're Superman and there's some out there. Oh, Don't yeah. get me wrong. There's, there's been, there's lots of dynamos yeah. that have built huge businesses just by working their tail off. Mm-hmm. Right. And funny enough, Barstool Sports CEO is, yeah. is yeah. in the news this week for exactly that. Right. He's talking about unions and how hard he had to work to get there. And, and the, I'll just comment on this really quick. Yeah. Cause I think it's hilarious. <laughs> if, if anyone is, is, upset by this comment you need to pay more attention to what this business does this is 100 percent a pr stunt yeah and everyone is feeding into it like he was on tucker carlson on fox news he goes on all the time and he's laughing at them he's literally saying like do you guys know nothing about our business like <laughs> like and he's calling them out on like falling for the trap yeah yeah right and they're a media company they're mm-hmm. generating buzz and he's like we've had the best day in the history of our company because of this yeah <laughs> he's like, you guys it's are amazing yeah. so so but take the but that's a really good in, insight into how you can run your business not saying you should go out there and run lowbrow kind of no, no. media the way that they do because that's their model and obviously grassroots sports is a little bit more clean and polished but mm-hmm. um pay attention to the opportunities they are and they're having huge success yeah, filling it, yeah. filling a space in the market that other people are afraid to go. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right. So, you know, we're on that topic now. Like you don't, like I said, you don't have to take that risky pathway that they are, but, but look at their success of, of recognizing a gap. Yeah. I, yeah. Exactly. And that's what we're talking about. Run a unique event. You don't have to follow suit on what everyone does mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because if you, if you step outside the box and you find the right way to do that, you're going to have great success. Now you don't have to go in there 
and immediately start that way, right? You can build a foundation, but have a plan, have a strategy to yeah, get there. I mean, if you're running, you know, a couple of tournaments, maybe one of them is kind of this new format that you're trying to do, right? Test it out. There's lots of, you know, different approaches that you can take without going all in. And, you know, if you're relying on, you know, X, Y, Z, test it out, you know, dip your toes in. Run yeah. one division that way. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like yeah, yeah. there's a million ways to do it. Sure. Right. So yeah, it's just, it's something that I, I'd like to see our industry do. We talked about it briefly in other episodes, but I'd really like us all to take a step back and just say, how can we do this better? Yeah. Right. What What is it that we can do to to manipulate our, our space to be successful, but also provide a, a different experience? Because one of the four, you know, upcoming challenges our industry is going to face is how are you combating esports? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because not, it's not that esports are going to necessarily generate the same outcomes as, you know, on sport or, or on field or on court sports. Um, but they're going to take time. They're going to steal people's attention. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and that's the thing that people need to be aware of moving forward. So um, that's kind of, you know, some of the stuff that, that I'd like to see learn from esports. though. look at what they're doing successfully, right? It's, it's attention, right? So the live streaming aspect of, of that is phenomenal. But I think the thing that has failed in in the grassroots side of things from a streaming perspective is the personalities that go with mm-hmm. esports. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what people are drawn to. Like they, they don't really care whether this this person is the best, you know, third person shooter on the planet. Yeah. Right? They they listen to this person because they're funny mm-hmm. and they're entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you've ever listened to, you know, streams, like whether it be collegiate or whatever, there's very few energetic and outside the box well, like it's tough yeah yeah it's absolutely tough right like right. bring in cotton from dodgeball yeah, yeah, yeah. right like <laughs> you know it's a bold strategy but you know like that's that is the frontier i think to what we talked about earlier about mm-hmm. the streaming evolution that's, for sure i mean yeah whoever you know wants to try it or if you're trying to think about that and wrap your head around it, it's like how are you going to draw people in and keep them there yeah, like, and as as a dad that spends a lot of time in the cheer space, like, mm-hmm. what do they do around streaming that that is successful? I know we talked about their production value. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, do do are they offering the streaming outside of that uh, to a way that you would watch, or or is it something? No, that, nothing like day off, right? Okay. So like live. It's. Uh, I mean, they from what I've seen in the the companies where you know we've gone is you know they have videos that go up very quick. Yeah. Right. So same day videos, uh, but you're not getting live. Yeah, like right. what I'd really like to see is basically like, and this is this is a really good idea for anybody that wants to run with this. So pay with pay attention to this one, is you run two separate, you know, audios on the same stream. One being here's your clean professional polished, and yeah, here's yeah, basically yeah. the Aussie guy. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, right? Like the guy that just completely mocks it because you know, like as as a parent. You want to see your kid perform, but you do not want to say, oh, and here comes the triple tumble on the whatever, right? Like you want like, holy crap, did you just see that? (laughs) Right? Like that's what, you know, I think is, is kind of missing in our space is, is that company that is looking to break the mold. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good example of how to do that. And that's what this entire episode is about is, is take what has been successful, look at what they do really well, and then break it up in a way that allows your business to separate itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's a great spot to kind of end it. And and I think ultimately uh, I, I want feedback here because this, this episode is is dynamic in so many ways. It challenges status quo. Uh, it, it's looking for, for the next innovations, the next leaders in our space. 
and, and I want to hear from you. If, mm-hmm. if, if you're got your ears tuned in, hit, hit Sean at sport dash travel or hit me at tourney boss anywhere on the internet. Uh, whether it be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you can get us any of those locations, oh. but, um, we want to engage in these conversations with you guys because, you know, obviously we care a lot about them and we might not be perfectly correct on everything. We like to think that we, we know what we're talking about, but, uh, we want to hear from you guys, the ones that have the experience on the other side, exactly. right? Yeah. Cause we're, we're yeah. generally looking at it from the event experience, right? That's, that's where we're specialists, but I want to hear from the parents, especially like, what mm-hmm. is it that you've seen the coaches? What is it that, that you've experienced that has, has made you return to events or made you want to experience a different event, right? So Yeah, or like they kind of turned you off an event. Like, eh, yeah, it was okay, but I'm going to try something else. That's right, yeah. I so that's, that's key. Yeah, and def- definitely let us know how you feel about it. And uh, if you've got ideas that you want us to put out there, by all means, let us know. Um, and we'll cer- certainly let everyone know that, that uh, it is your idea and uh, – <laughs> And that they need to we'll talk to you about. We'll just take our little cut off the top. That's right. Run with it. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> revenue sharing, right? So um, that's been another great episode of Tournament Talk with Tyler and Sean. And we'll see you next time, uh, Thursdays, Sport Travel Radio Network.